Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. So if it hasn't already been made apparent this morning, we are celebrating pride here in this sanctuary and in the city of Calgary. And on Friday, no, I'm going to back up further than that. On Tuesday, I had a moment I don't know where it came from. I told John when he asked what I was proud of lately that I was proud of the fact that I'm starting to prioritize play more in my life. I feel like I lost that for a minute there. And uh, thank you, yeah, thank you. So I stormed into Anne's office, but in a positive way, you know, that frantic energy that comes along with the, that kind of storming. And I said, we need balloons. Like a bouquet, even just one just one bouquet, just by the front door. We need one bouquet of balloons, just because I love balloons. And Ed said, yeah, yeah, okay, we can do balloons. Like, it's fine. And uh, so we started looking on Amazon. Sorry, for legal purposes, we don't recommend. <laughs> but we started looking on Amazon. And I was like, you know, if we're looking at balloons, Anne was like, we might as well, like, why don't we look at an arch? We can make a balloon arch or like string them up along bat. Okay, yeah, okay. So a couple more, a couple more clumps of balloons. We just maybe we need 50 balloons. Maybe we need 50 balloons. By the end of the day, we decided we needed a wall, a wall of balloons. And Amazon had promised that they would deliver these balloons by 6 p.m. on Thursday. It was going to be great. We would we would be able to set it all up by uh, 10 p.m. on Thursday. They still hadn't arrived. And by 10 a.m. on Friday, we hadn't arrived. And Anne over here says says it's fine. I'll just go to Home Depot, get some PVC pipe, and we'll buy the balloons ourselves, and we'll do it. It'll be no problem. Have any of you ever tried to do this before? It was a problem. <laughs> this is uh, 500 balloons, give or take. Oh no, my admission pass. 500 balloons. Uh, it took us six hours. We'll get Sarah to post the time lapse a little bit later. Um, but we had so much fun. There was a couple, it was touch and go. We, we very much had to trust the process but we had a ton of fun putting this wall together and my play was prioritized. But as you can imagine, when you play, you start to let other parts of yourself loose, free. You have deep, meaningful conversations. You look at one another and you laugh about things that you never thought you would laugh about. You share stories that you never thought you would share. And we had this kind of day on Friday. It was Anne and Danielle and I in here. Claire made an appearance with extra PVC pipe because we didn't plan accordingly. Thank you, Claire. <laughs> So we were sharing these stories, and we were talking about the colors of pride and how we were so excited to be able to pull this together for you to walk into the sanctuary for. And, and I asked Anne, I don't know if you know this, but Anne and Claire have a Ukrainian family staying with them right now, and one of them uh, is three years old. And she was saying she was, she was so excited for pride. She was so excited for the pride parade. And I said to Anne, how do you explain to a three-year-old what this is all about? what all these colors, what, what all of this is about. And Anne said, and I'm going to quote her, she said that she told her it was a celebration with many different colors, representing many different people and the beauty that they create together. Mm -hmm. What a magnificent way to invite a child into a conversation about what it means to be loved as who we are and what it means to love others as who they are in this world. A real sign of the kingdom of God here on earth. This scripture passage 
I want to share with you this morning comes from the letter of First John, and I'm going to read to you from the inclusive Bible version. It's the one down here, so it takes care of gendered language, uh, and it replaces it with more inclusive language. I want you to listen as I read this passage for that same message that Claire gave a three-year-old, or that Anne gave the three-year-old, sorry. <laughs> I'm sure you did it together. <laughs> Let's listen. Beloved, let us love one another because love is of God and has knowledge of God. Those who do not know love have known nothing of God, for God is love. God's love was revealed in our midst in this way, by sending the only begotten into the world, that we might have faith through the anointed one. Love, then, consists in this. Not that we have loved God, but that God has loved us. Beloved, if God has loved us so, we must have the same love for one another. No one has ever seen God. Yet if we love one another, God dwells in us. The journey this community has been on to become a place that lives this kind of love out loud is one that I have just stepped on about eight months ago, but it has been a long one. We became an affirming community of faith 14, almost 15 years ago. Is that, when is that? October? We did Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, okay. So this year will be 15 years. And the meaning of this, what it means to be an affirming community of faith, has expanded. It's expanded beyond working our hardest to be a safe space for those who express love for those of the same gender. It has expanded to become a place that creates safety for those who express that gender differently or who are exploring it. It has expanded to include work to keep safe and advocate for the BIPOC community for those who are differently abled, and all those who find themselves marginalized in the world today. This is what it means to be affirming all of this work. And we have so much work still to do. And every day, we are learning and exploring and trying to figure out what that next step looks like. And sometimes we get it right, and sometimes we don't. And we won't, always. But we hope that when you step in the doors of this community, you feel, whoever you are, like you are beloved. And that is the start of what will always be a journey of affirming. So we have invited this morning to have a conversation with John and I, two people who not only belong to this community, the community of Hillhurst, but who are active in the 2S LGBTQI plus community. And we've asked them to speak to us about their stories, of what showing up as this kind of love in the world looks like, showing up as themselves in the world, and what their dreams are for a world where that love is spread wider. So I invite to come up and join us, Alan, please, and Tina, and we'll get you. John, if you wanna sit in a chair, well, we can alternate here. So let's welcome these two up for a conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I'll hand you this, and I'll hand you that. I'll tell you one thing I didn't plan for it was sitting down while I decided to wear a crop top to church. <laughs> Just tuck this all in here. <laughs> We're on camera. <laughs> Thank you, too, so much for joining us. <laughs> joy, right? There's joy. <laughs> so Tina and Alan, we are so grateful that you have said yes to joining us for this conversation today. This is a conversation that we can't have as one person, we can't have as two people, but that we need to have as a community. And so we are beyond grateful. Um, both of you have different relationships with the LGBTQ plus community, both of you have different relationships with the Hillhurst community, um, and both of you have been here for different amounts of time. We know some of you better than we know others, and so we thought that we would start there, and maybe, uh, maybe Tina will start, because I'm looking directly at you. Um, tell us just a little bit about your personal story. Who are you for those of us who haven't had the honor of meeting you yet? Well, I grew up in a Mennonite church, for all my younger years up into young adulthood. Uh, moved on to an evangelical missionary church, and then on to a Lutheran church, and then on to no church. Mm. Uh, I was finding that um, a lot of churches were intolerant. I was taught intolerance from a young age, not necessarily people saying be intolerant, but it was intolerance and through people's discussions, people who weren't like them weren't accepted and mm -hmm. they weren't supposed to be at church and they were bad and evil and, and nothing was good to come of it. And uh, I noticed that a lot of churches on paper had uh, an acceptance, but in reality, it wasn't that way. And so a lot of people left the church, some people left these churches, and uh, in that way, uh, I ended up here. I ended up here mm -hmm. in April. And that's about the time that uh, I've been a cross-dresser for 40 years, but I've only been transgender for about five months. And it kind of coincides with uh, um, when I came out at work and uh, when I started coming to Hillhurst United Church because it kind of all worked at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, my personally, um, before I came out as transgender, I was a very invisible person. Uh, I could walk in and out of rooms without people talking to me. Uh, I was an angry person. I was a negative person. Um, but since I've come out as transgender, I've tried to change that and be a happy, positive person and inspiring to myself and others. And uh, I think I'm doing okay, but I don't always do that. I fail sometimes. and and. Uh, yeah, people much more enjoy being around me, and obviously I can't walk into a room now with being invisible. <laughs> so. Thanks, Tina. We're proud to know you. Yeah. Alan, what about you? So I'm Alan, and I've been here since May of 2016. Um, I'm from Saskatchewan, grew up in a very loving uh, but alcoholic family. Uh, left Estevan as quickly as I could uh, to get out of there. It was just a scary place for me. Um, so I was reflecting on my journey, and I, 
instead of saying what it looked like, because you know, when you're 64 years old, there's a lot of journey. <laughs> um, but I would say my journey is probably very similar to the journey of many of you that are here today. There's pain, there was hiding, there was coming out, and whatever that looks like, and, there was, and there's been transformation. And that, that pain in being different, that pain in the bullying that goes around with what that's going to be, uh, that pain in having to isolate yourself, that pain of the confusion of whatever this is. Um, there was a pain, you know, I lost my mother when I was 14. She was my only ally in whatever this was. Um, and that was really, really challenging. Uh, there was a pain of going through the AIDS crisis, losing my friends, losing a partner. Uh, there was the pain of, I worked for a major bank, of dealing with the homophobia within that bank was incredible. Um, and then there was the pain uh, of my own addiction uh, that showed up uh, that I dealt with a few years ago. So the, the hiding, uh, I know it, I never felt invisible, I just hid. <laughs> uh, I hid in fantasy, I hid in my own little world. Um, I refused to engage. You know what, I was scared to engage, let's just be honest. I was fearful to engage out there. So there was the hiding. And then there was the coming out piece. You know, first I had to come out to myself, then I had to start telling the world, and then somebody brought me out within the banking industry, so I had to deal with that part. Um, then I had to come out around my own HIV status, I came out around uh, my cancer diagnosis, and I came out about my addiction, and now I come out about recovery. And, uh, and that, you know what, I'm gonna keep coming out. I think each of us every day comes out. <laughs> And the transformation, well, you know what? When you come out every day, whether you're just showing up or you're just being vulnerable, you're transforming. So the transformation is beautiful, not easy, but beautiful. Thanks, Thank Alan. You. We're Thank proud you. to know you. Uh, uh, to, this is to both of you. You know, um, you talked a bit about your childhood in different churches. I always say in this church, there's a third grew up in the United Church, a third some other church, and a third no church. That's who we are as a people. But I wonder if you would think about what it was like to walk through the doors of this church for the first time. Well, I, I was looking it up online and saw, I knew that it was an affirming church. I'd been here in another capacity for about five years ago. And uh, the first Sunday I came in, I didn't come in dressed like this. I was in my male mode and I was kind of skeptical that it wasn't just another church with a nice piece of paper that says that we're affirming and uh, then you walk in and it is not that. And um, so I came in and again, able to walk in and out. Some people say hi, and, but invisible. So the second Sunday I came in, this is, well, not just like this, but um, I was dressed like this. And uh, I was going to just kind of throw caution to win and see if it was actually affirming. And uh, the very first Sunday, uh, I was sitting in the back corner there, furthest away from everything, and uh, somebody came from the choir loft before the service and came and said, you have really nice hair. I was sitting up in the choir loft. I was wearing a wig at the time. And, and she, it was Carrie. Carrie came from the choir and she... Uh, she said, really nice hair. And you know what? That just, to me, it was a, a sign that um, it was what it was. Um, over my time here, 
uh, Darlene, she, during passing the, the piece, we started to get to talking, and now every once in a while, we sit down, even this morning, she sat down, just to catch up on the past few weeks or month, just to see how things were going over the summer, and, and uh, yeah, it, it's really good that way. Um, and then there's Gwen. If you have your toes sticking out in the aisle, first she'll do is try to run over your toes with her walker. <laughs> and then she'll sit down and then we'll have another discussion about how was your week, how was your month, um, things going on in the city, just having a discussion. And, and, uh, and then Anne, um, we've had talks about faith and hope and love and grace. And those are all things that kind of wrap around um, the community of LGBTQ. Um, all these things, and uh, they help you get from day to day. And then there's Debbie. She's my pew buddy. She's my realtor. <laughs> <laughs> and she's my friend. Um, she's the strongest person, strongest woman I know. And uh, when I need a level head, she's there for me. Um, and I'm just looking forward to time in the future to get to know everybody. Thank Thanks, you. Tina. Glad you walked in. So I didn't end up here because it was affirming. I ended up here because I was broken. I just came out of a treatment center. Um, I'd I actually had a resentment towards God. Um, and I needed a place to find my spirituality again. So I walked in here, um, scared, scared, didn't know what to expect. You know, it, I thought I was betraying the Catholic Church because <laughs> I walked into the competition. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and I was in that third pew from the back, and John, in probably in the first five minutes, said, you are loved, you are forgiven, and you are set free. And I started crying, and I sobbed through the whole service because it's exactly in that moment what I needed to hear. I was so disconnected from myself, I was so disconnected from the world, and I never thought I could be loved. And I certainly never thought I could be, could be forgiven for all that had happened during, during the uh, act of addiction. So it, it's just been a beautiful thing, and it's just been a great experience since then. I, I joined the contemplative group in the morning, uh, came every Wednesday, tried to quiet my mind. <laughs> um, you know, and I met Susan, who was here, and she was the spiritual director, and I worked with Susan for, for a year and a half. And I really do believe that um, I owe her part of my life uh, as to where I'm at today, and I really miss her. And, and then I got to start meeting people. And there was one time at Contemplative Marcy is here today, and something was going on, and I just burst out crying after, after we were meditating, and people just came and hugged me. And that's all I needed. You know what, they didn't have to do anything. They just were present. And that's what I find about this church. People are just present and they care. And well, it doesn't get better than that. Thank you. It's real. I, I think too, you gave, a, I'll give a call out. Uh, William's in the back row, wave your hand, William. But it's seven o'clock in the morning. If you want to connect with a group online, you can do it in pajamas uh, or or however you're addressed first thing in the morning. Um, but the half hour with the others and community at Mindful Mornings, just go to the website, yeah. yeah. Both of you mentioned the presence of the people around you in this community and that being such a key part in just taking you from one 
day to the next in whatever part of the journey that you find yourself on. And I think that's a beautiful testimony to why a community, whether it's a community of faith or a community of other sorts, is, uh, that is affirming of who you feel you really are and where you are uh, in that journey um, is in support of you. So thank you for, for sharing that. I wonder, uh, because this is a community of faith, if you could share a little bit about who God is to you, either was and is now, or just who's the God you know? Introduce us. Well, John 3.16 has given a whole new meaning to uh, in my life over the past. Um, and communion, the first communion I took here, um, I broke down crying because um, Jesus died for Tina, mm. and that meant the world. Um, I never really gave it much thought. I mean, you go through the motions of, of communion, and yeah, Jesus died for me, blah, blah, blah. But to be somebody who is not necessarily looked upon as somebody that God is supposed to love, Jesus died for Tina. Um, I find that music, sometimes the music is, no offense to either of you, but sometimes music has a better message than sermons. Praise um, be. Um, there's three... Not my singing. But. <laughs> Yesterday I was, I was driving to a, uh, a breakfast and... Uh, there's a song called The Reason by Hoobastink. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's really a song about somebody kind of apologizing for the relationship that they had with their significant other was breaking down. And, and they uh, were trying to say that they've become a better person. And part of it, um, and, and when I hear these songs, driving is the worst thing to be doing because driving and wiping tears from your eyes don't really go, and it's not necessarily safe. But um, the, the message kind of re resonated that um, it could be um, the reason for relationship with God. Um, I found a reason for me to change who I used to be. The reason to start over new, and the reason is you. Um, another song, that really resonates is uh, Who You Say I Am by Hillsong Worship. Um, I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. Who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. And the last song that I want to is Trust, Trust in You by Lauren Daigle. When you don't move the mountains, I needed you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers as I cry out to you, I will trust, I will trust in you. You are my strength and comfort. You are my steady hand. You are my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. The ways are always higher. Your plans are always good. There's not a place where, I, where I'll go you've not already stood. And one last 
bit of scripture is Ephesians. And uh, I, I believe God's brought me to a place. Um, this isn't necessarily the journey that I thought I was going to take, but it's the journey that God is putting me on. Um, it's Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Thank you, Tina. Wow. <laughs> So that was a good question when you sent it to me. What is God? And uh, because I have an addict mind, I like to overthink everything. Uh, so God is love. And Susan taught me that here because I was overcomplicating things. And she says, start with something simple. So one word, love. And what did I see walking up to the church today? The big heart outside. That's what this church represents to me. Um, and being here and, and delving into spirituality versus religion, um, God has become something more, and it keeps evolving for me, and I think that's the beauty of it. You know, God to me is curiosity, uh, compassion, uh, strength, uh, the ability to take yourself out of these, out of these walls of this church and, and, and go outside and, and come out more, whatever that's going to be. Um, God for me is bravery, and you were talking, Andrea, earlier about safety, and you know, I think we do create a place of safety in here that we can come to, but I think we create something more at Hillhurst. We create a place where we can be brave. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. So I come here and I get grounded in bravery and spirituality and friendship uh, every Sunday, but that allows me to go out into the world and be brave at whatever that's going to look like. So, and I welcome, I welcome this evolution of what God is going to be in my life. And I agree with you. I don't think I, I never thought this is where I'd be in my life. Um, you know, I thought I would retire at age 55 and be out in BC. Hell no. <laughs> Sorry. <oops. laughs> So, but I welcome this, and I have no idea where this journey is taking me. All I know is I'm grateful for what this is. Okay, well, on that, so this is the last question. What do you, so, churches are sanctuaries from the world, but we're sent into the world. So what's one hope you have uh, for, for the city and, and globally uh, and the LGBTQ plus community? What's one hope you have? I hope we can all truly learn to live in love and, and realize what that is. Uh, within our own community that we actually practice inclusion within our community because there's still a lot of division within our community and that we go out in inclusion and love out of our community. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are still confused and they may still fear what we represent and we need to give them patience and allow some of them to catch up and that means we need to sit in some really really tough vulnerable conversations and if there's haters out there well then we need to show love and that's what I hope. That's what I hope for the world, not just between our community and others, but the world in general. Thanks, Alan. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, I hope that everywhere in society, that everywhere can be a safe place for transgender and LGBTQ people. Um, there are safe, this is a safe place. I, I'm so surprised that my work is a safe place for me. Mm. I kind of thought that there was going to be a lot of pushback and there's been virtually none. Um, 
I'd like to see that edu through education, misconceptions can be addressed so that people can actually, instead of just uh, guessing or listening to the person next or the media of what is right and wrong, um, that uh, down the road, um, affirming isn't a word that's used for our community, but it's something that's used for everybody because everybody is is, is significant and everyone is special. Um, I want everyone to love as Jesus loved. Um, and whoever you are, doesn't matter who you are, you are loved. Um, yesterday, uh, in one of my Facebook groups, a mother reached out because her daughter, who's been transgender for about two years, um, didn't go to school this year. She hasn't gone to school. She has no friends. Um, she doesn't go out of the house. She doesn't want to interact with the outer world. She doesn't think she's accepted. And uh, her mom really doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know how to get her out. She frantic plea for anybody that um, has a transgender um, daughter that um, would help get her, uh, her daughter out of the house. Um, there wasn't really a lot of help out there. I mean, I mentioned the church. I mean, I, I, in the group, one of the rules is you don't talk about religion. So I just said, I PM'd you, so um, we took it offline. And, uh, and I just talked about Hillhurst and how affirming it is, the programs that we have. Um, Skipping Stone is an organization that helps people out. Um, and just that we're here, and then the very last thing I said is, I'm praying for you and your daughter. And I'd ask that everyone pray for Melissa and her daughter to help get her out of the house. Mm, thank you. You know, in the, the passage that uh, was on screen reminded us that no one's seen God. No one. But when we love, we know God. And I want to thank you, too, for sharing some of your story with us and reminding us that uh, bottom line, it's about love. And so as we are sent out into the world, we're reminded that that should be, could be, the exciting grace we offer to the world. It's simply to love. So would you join me, friends, in thanking our two, two friends here for their service. tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.